Hi everyone, welcome back to Prevention Nation. Where we believe education and awareness can change the culture of violence. My name is Roy Lutz. And I'm Caitlin Wagenfield. Welcome back to Prevention Nation. It's Roy here with Caitlin and uh, it is, wow, it's back to school time. Where did the summer go? Uh, Prevention in the park, I'm telling you, it destroyed summers for me. When you live your life week to week and every week you're getting ready for the next week it makes time go by so quick yeah it's just the summer yeah when it just gets broken up into these increments each week we had to plan already for the next week so it just made each week come that much faster and all of a sudden you're seven weeks gone and we're scrambling to get ready for back to school yeah yeah always scrambling yeah huh well are you ready to be back in school i am so ready to be back in school um, I'm not a desk person. I've talked a little bit about this with you. Mm-hmm. My last job was community-based. I liked that, like, freedom yeah. kind of. So I'm ready to be back in school. I'm ready for my schedule to be a little bit more mix of being at the desk and at the school. I'm just ready for some change. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, too, uh, I, too, love being in a classroom, being able to move around, the freedom of moving around and not sitting at a desk and, you know, just kind of doing plugging away at a computer and stuff so yeah okay um well where are you at for school carlisle high school okay which i'm super excited um i'm relaunching kind of my program we did a lot of work on it this summer so this will be the first class that i get to teach my updated curriculum with yeah yeah that's cool i'm super excited i think you did a great job um with your curriculum uh i don't know where i'm at for the first uh, maddie and i are yeah, we haven't put out our, I guess, you know, because you all schedule like the year before almost, right? Like when you finish in a year, you're scheduling for the next year. Yeah. Um, ours, because we don't schedule with like a single health teacher. Uh, every year we have to schedule with multiple teachers in all these different classrooms in the elementary schools. So we generally don't schedule until the, the beginning of the year. So I'm going to be sending it out next week and hopefully our schedule will be coming in pretty quick after that. So we have, I have no idea what I'm going to be teaching. That is so stressful. Yeah. Not. Yeah, it's a little stressful. Well, I do have a couple that I'm still trying to get on my schedule because we've got some new additions. Yeah. But I am excited just Mm. to have everything ready and everything laid out and just get in there because I do have like a five-week period where you guys just won't see me here. Yeah, pretty much. And I I will say I – like as much as I love getting back to school, that's the hard thing is like through the summer we build such a strong team. We're so team-oriented out there doing work together as a team, working with the kids, developing activities, so much collaboration and program development. And then all of a sudden in the – traditionally, I mean, when I first started here, Chelsea was just Chelsea and I. She would go teach her the high school power – and I, would, I wouldn't see her. I would just be alone in the office all the time by myself. I started to miss her a lot. And I have the same problem with you guys. When you guys just disappear into the schools, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I miss Caitlin or I miss, you know. Yeah, so. Someone in the office told me that when they were hired, Chelsea was so busy at schools that they didn't actually get to meet her until school was over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was like, I see you. Who are you? Which I think is so funny. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, hi, bye, and then I'm out the door. Yep, yeah. Gosh, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so uh, back to school. What does that What does that make you think about when you think back to school or school? Um, have you ever watched like the back to school halls on YouTube? I have no idea what you're even talking about. I was obsessed. So I was a kid. Right around, I just got bored during the summer. Um, so right around like middle of July. At that point, my dance nationals was over. Um, I was starting to get ready for the next dance season. 
which would then make me excited for school to start. And I would start watching back to school supplies hauls on Facebook. What? Not on Facebook, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. I don't even think Facebook videos were a thing at that point. But yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, it's like 2012, 2013, little nerd me. What kind of binder am I going to get? And I always wanted the five-star flex binders. They were my favorites. And I would just watch videos all about the five-star flex binders. Wow. Interesting. Nerd. Yeah, that's that's uh, what a dork you are. And that's awesome. But I loved the color coding. So fits into you. I was just always so excited to get the, the new stuff. I love shopping. Um, I love to take my nieces and nephews school shopping now. It's just so fun for me. And now that we're in schools, I got to do some back-to-school clothes shopping so that I could have some fresh wardrobe stuff to wear into the schools and i was so excited it brought a joy like to my inner child well like i'm not trying to be a downer here and go in the opposite direction but um for me that was literally the least exciting part about it i mean i i I mean it it you know i'm not to speak to your history and your background or mine um and make comparisons but like i grew up very very poor and i didn't get my mom never had the opportunity to take me to a store and get like my new folders and binders. I always had, um, I, all through grade school, I got what the teacher had left over. So the teacher would always come to me and say, I have an extra box of this, or I have an extra pencils. You, you know, are you okay with these, Roy? And um, I always got the leftovers. So I hated the first day of school because everybody else came with all their, their new backpacks and all their new things. And I didn't. And so, yeah, so that was a stressful time for me. So when I thought of, like, when I think of back to school, from an adult perspective, it is those positive things. I love taking my kids out to get their things. And I loved how that my kids were kind of had your experience. They grew up like, oh, I'm so excited for this folder or notebook or, you know, some say some sort of pencil pouch. Um, but from a perspective of a kid, I hated this time of year. It was so intimidating. And school clothes. I had uh, I had two pairs of pants. I had school pants and play pants. And so to me, it was like nerve wracking when other kids would get to school and they're all like looking, they all looked sharp, you know, and I'm like, oh man, this is rough. So listen, I was a thrift store kid, but yeah. that's how I got my style, right? Yeah. You need to be creative when you're shopping at the thrift stores, but yeah, we thrifted a lot. So my stuff wasn't always new when it came to clothes, but I was very fortunate that a lot of my school supplies, usually my grandma would take me and leave. Well, I think you were more fortunate also in timing too. Cause like you're not a, you're hardly any older than my oldest daughter and she also loved thrifting so does my my middle daughter and it's, it's culturally super trendy over the last 10 years i mean lauren used to love going to thrift stores and so did all of her peers um they would go and shop for what they called vintage clothes which were actually just my regular clothes in the 80s right <laughs> yeah um but in the 80s it, that vintage wasn't cool. I mean, it wasn't cool. I mean, you went to the store and you went to, you know, the, the guest jeans and the, you know, Forenza jeans. And those things were very, you know, esprit. And, you know, I mean, it was just super. The 80s was all the me era. It was so consuming, you know, the, the consumer me era. Um, yeah, not thrifting. So it was different time now my clothes are vintage you know and they're all in thrift stores so i get to wear the really cool stuff from the me era yeah i do like to go thrift thrifting now with my kids because i buy clothes that i probably wore in the 80s and maybe even donated um but yeah so yeah back to school definitely i think you know something for our listeners to be aware of just through this conversation is that 
back to school means something very different for everybody, right? I mean, for some people, it's super exciting, get to see all their friends. For other kids um, who don't have a lot of friends, who are maybe feel a lot of social, social, social isolation, this is going to be a very intimidating, very scary time. Um, kids going to a new school for the first time, that can be very scary as well. So um, back to school can mean a lot of different things on from access to, you know, economic access to social access to um, teacher access. So you mentioned earlier, do I have any favorite teachers? Yeah, I do. I had some favorite teachers and you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. What were, who were some of yours? Well, we're going to go all the way back to fourth grade Ooh. with Mr. Gray. Okay. Um, Mr. Gray. What did Mr. Gray teach? So he just taught everything. So when okay. I was in fourth grade, we, some kids would rotate classes. They have like a math science teacher and then like a history, English, like English language arts teacher. But I just had one teacher. He taught everything. Mr. Gray. And I was so scared of him. I heard he was so mean. Listen, <laughs> giant teddy bear. I'm pretty sure he's retired now. He was definitely older when yeah. I had him at 10 years old. So 13 years ago. But I'm, he, I'm sure he's retired now. But he was just amazing. And he cared so deeply about his students. Um, what about you? Any elementary school teachers? So elementary, I had Mrs. Getty. And Mr. Anderson. Uh, Mrs. Getty, I believe, was... So I had the... I went to a very odd elementary school. It's called Birch Lake Elementary in Minnesota. And Birch Lake had... Uh, grades were all... Classes were all broken up by grades of two. So sixth and fifth graders were all together. And they were in either the orange or the gold team. Um, and third and fourth were together. And that was either the green or the blue team. So like when you were in fourth grade and maybe you were, let's say, in the blue team... The exciting part was finding out next year if I'm in fifth grade, am I going to the orange, orange or gold team? Um, it's really weird. But so you were always in classes with kids a grade older than you or younger than you, depending on which grade you're in. Um, Mrs. Getty was a third, fourth grade teacher, and she was just so nice, so sweet. I don't I, – she, like you said uh, with Mr. Gray, she taught, like, all things. We didn't have yeah. classes like a lot of the elementary schools I'm in now where they have – teachers for every they class switch around like high schoolers yeah mrs getty taught math social studies she taught all of it you know um and then in fifth and sixth grade in the orange team where i was at we had mr anderson and he was just i don't know he was just uh i think he was probably the very typical quint quintessential or stereotypical guy teacher we were rowdy he let us be pretty wild whereas a lot of the women teachers uh were a little more strict so yeah, so in elementary school is Miss Getty and Mr. Anderson. What about yeah. what about middle school for you? Okay, middle school was a very difficult time in my life. Um, I can say that I had a teacher I didn't like, uh, and that I'll bring her up because it was the comparison and the contrast. So um, I had a teacher, Mrs. Erickson. Um, she was a social studies teacher. I, uh, yeah, it was it was a really awful time with her. So while I was struggling with her, I had probably uh, in contrast. One of the coolest teachers of all time. Uh, I, in fact, I think about her often. Her name was Mrs. Sunt, S-U-N-D-T, and she was. Um, uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna maybe sound odd to the listeners, but she had like an orange Corvette. She always matched to her car, so she would wear like orange skirts, orange um, uh, eyeshadow, orange fingernail polish. She always smelled like really strong perfume and she was an art teacher. So she was super creative and artsy. Yeah, she was and, cool. Oh, she was so cool. And I remember she was, she made such an impression on me because when I was going through all these other things uh, with this other teacher, Mrs. Erickson, and at that time in my life, um, I was going through very difficult things at home. Mrs. Sunt was 
my safe space. She was the one who would sit in art class and tell me, you know, she would compliment my art projects, you know, like this little clay statue I made. She would be like, you did such a great job, Roy. Everything you do is perfectly you. You should always just be yourself. She just encouraged me to be authentically me. And she supported that, whatever that looked like. And yeah, so she was super cool and just alive, you know, vibrant, all this orange, strong perfume, big hair, big 80s hair, lots of makeup. It was just wild. She was wild. So art teachers always had the coolest style. Um, We had an art teacher in high school. I can't remember her name, but she had this skirt that she would wear and she sewed it and it was made out of ties. That's so cool. I know. I wanted one so bad. I was like, please make me one. She's like, no, you get them and you'll make them. You can have whatever you want, all the patterns. And I never did. But now that I'm thinking about this, maybe I will. Yeah. Okay. You're a middle school teacher. Oh, well, I also had a very rough time in middle school. Middle school is so hard. Um, So my middle school is actually fifth through eighth grade, which every time I say that to me, they're like, they had fifth graders in the same school as eighth graders. Yeah. Yes. And fifth and sixth grade weren't a problem. I experienced some bullying. I actually left my middle school and went and did online school. Partly because I was dancing so much. Yeah. yeah. And that's where my friends were. But also because I had some of the worst experiences with teachers in middle school. Yeah. What's why was it? What was the reason for that? I just think they hated kids, but also maybe I was just kind of mean or a jerk to them. So I was super um, like strong-willed and opinionated. I hated the dress code, um, so I was always pushing back on authority. No kidding. Anarchy. Anarchy. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's you and I here in the office. So. But I think they really struggled with that, and I struggled that they struggled with it because the boys that I went to school with, they could be like that, and it wasn't a problem, but like me as a female yeah, that's a problem that i think i hear a lot uh, i don't even know if that was a problem for me when i was in school i don't even remember those kinds of things i don't remember ever being concerned about what boys could wear versus girls dress codes how they were equal fair unfair i don't know yeah yeah i know we're working on that franklin project talking a lot about in school suspensions mm-hmm. and so i was a kid that got sent there for a dress code because we weren't allowed to wear leggings, and then it got more extremes where we weren't allowed to wear certain types of skinny jeans. Like, if they were too skinny. Yeah. And they wouldn't define what too skinny was for me at 14. No, not even 14. 13 and, like, 90 pounds. So, my jeans were very, very tight. And I took that as, okay, fine. I can't wear any of the pants I own. And I wore a trash bag to school. I thought that was just, like, so funny. I was like, stick it to the man. So I got sent to in school suspension for that. But hmm. I just, I really struggled. And I it was the first time I had ever had teachers not like me. And I really struggled with somebody not liking me. I was such a people pleaser. I think that's when I really got out of that. Right. But yeah, I switched um, to online school. And I, I ended up going back to high school, which I'm so grateful for. I actually, some of the best teachers I had were at Ross High School. They were wonderful. I like Who was the best? Uh, Stacy Jones. I'm going to have to send this to her, but she just... You had, should send the link to her, yeah. She had such an impact on my life. She actually was at the Ed Sheeran concert that I was at in um, Nashville a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh my God, are you in Nashville? She's like, yeah, are you? <laughs> but no, she's That's wonderful. So funny. I had her for freshman year English, and I loved to write. I've always loved to write. And when she was reading my writing, she was like, writing's your thing. I'm the journalism teacher. I think you should join journalism. So then I did journalism. The rest of high school so i had her all four years of high school my senior year i was the editor 
and I got the departmental scholar for journalism. Like she just had such an impact on my life. And she, when we talk about caring adults, yeah, she was she, she, not even was is still a person that I know if I messaged her or texted her, she would text me back. And she yeah, was, she's always been so consistent. But we also have Mrs. Burledge. Um, she was a history teacher. She was so amazing. I had her for AP U.S. history, and I also had her for government. And she just was the person that I wanted to be. So she was a history teacher, but she basically ran that school. Like, <laughs> our principal would go to her. So whenever... don't send this link to the principal. No, I'm just joking. Uh, listen, yeah. I, I have love for Brian Martin, too. He's okay. wonderful. But And then Mr. Wilhelm. So the thing about Mr. Wilhelm is he never actually got my name. So my initials are CW. So for a while, he called me Cold Water. And then that switched to Watergate. And then he called me Cold War, which is funny because he's a history teacher. But uh, Cold War, that's funny. I would have to put the stuff. Like, I want to call you Cold Water now. That's yeah, funny. Yeah, Cold Water. Yeah, that's what it would always call me. But he just, in a different way, he allowed not even just me, but my whole class to be creative. I was in a split block with the choir kids because journalism was, we had a block system. It was very dumb. But we had <laughs> a split block. We were in there with the choir kids and we were learning about the caste system in India. And he was like, well, I can sit here and teach it to you or you guys can do research and put on a project and be like, can we do a musical? And he was like, of course you chose a musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I choreographed it. Our choir kids picked the songs for it. Um, in the cast system, there's like the different levels. We were at the middle, like me and my friend Stephanie were like the middle two. And we sang Stuck in the Middle with You. And we like did like a little dance to it. <laughs> but just that I had. To and for you listeners, she actually did a little dance right there all describing it. Yeah. So. Of, of course. We need yeah. to film this. I feel like I'm so theatrical. Yeah. We got to do vodcasting. So absolutely. But like just allowing me to be creative. I. Even though, like, my English teacher and journalism teacher, she allowed me to be creative. Miss Burledge, she allowed me to be creative. Um, I think bringing that creative space into more traditional learning spaces was just so beneficial for me. And maybe that's why I didn't thrive in middle school where it was so structured and rigid. Yeah. See, I had a middle school teacher when you brought up write, when you brought up writing and then about thriving, letting them, you know, you explore your own things. I did have a middle school teacher that I also liked a lot. She was a much older lady. I'm not sure if a lot of kids really liked her much. I don't know. Um, her name was Mrs. Walsh, and she was a writing teacher, and I also liked to write back then. And a lot of teachers have these very strict prompts or things that you're supposed to write on. But I remember one time she, uh, I didn't want to write on a prompt. I didn't want to write on what the thing. So I wanted to write my own story, and I had a friend back then named Curtis Mowinkle, and I ought to share this with him because he's still around. Um, and he and I were partners in lab in our science dissection, and he, we had, were dissecting a frog, and he, I dared him, um, and he ate the frog eye. He swallowed it. <laughs> so I wrote a story called Curtis Mowinkle, the Frog Eye Gobbler. And she loved it. She could have docked me whole grade for it. It was totally the wrong kind of paper to write. But it it resonated with me. He was, you know, Curtis Mowinkle, the Frog Eye Gobbler. And, and it was such a great, I still actually have that story. I'll have to bring it in and show, with, you know, show you sometime. Um, but I was in seventh grade, and it was Oh, it was my favorite story. And she, yeah, she was such a cool teacher because she allowed me that freedom to express myself how I wanted to. Um, and that's, I think, I, again, I think I learned um, all through my life I've loved writing. But I think it's because when a kid shows an interest in something and you support it, you validate it, that interest becomes a love and a passion that they'll maybe carry throughout their life. But you squash that early, they'll never develop a real love and appreciation for something that they might otherwise have a real talent for. So, yeah. And Ross high school was the best at doing that. I know I 
you know, have some feelings about middle school, but Ross High School, I left there feeling I could do anything I wanted to do. Yeah. So. That's cool. I did not have that same experience with high school. Yeah. I had a, you know, and, and I dropped out of high school in 10th grade and in large part because of two teachers I had, uh, and I won't name these two, they were pretty awful, but, uh, but you know, that it's speaking to squashing, what really bothered me about, um, my early limited high school experience was that, um, both of them were math teachers, both of them were specifically algebra teachers. Um, one just knew that I couldn't do well in algebra. So intentionally would call me up and have me do problems on the board in front of the whole class. And I couldn't do, I would stand up there humiliated, embarrassed, um, and just, it just, I felt smaller than ever before in my life. And then another one, um, I moved out to California from Minnesota, uh, went to Hillsdale High School in, in the Bay Area, and the algebra teacher there recognized right away by my grade, my transcript, and just by my, my, uh, my lack of ability um, in the class, he just wouldn't give me any assignments or any quizzes or any tests. He just gave me a C grade, and I had to do nothing. And I remember thinking to myself, this, I don't want to be here for this. I didn't, I, it was just so awful for me. So yeah, I did not have a positive high school experience, so, but I wish I had. Well, teachers like that aren't educators. They're bullies. Well, that's, you just said a great word. It is an educator. I, I liked the word teacher, I think is, um, I don't know. I think it's sometimes doesn't, isn't all encompassing enough because teachers, I think have a, a role that's far more than just teaching. So many hats. So many hats. They have to be educators. They have to be. Uh, they have to inspire. They have to challenge. They have to do so many more things than just teach. All those different things are so critical to a child's development, and they're responsible for a large portion of a child's day, you know, and life. And that includes all these different educational, social development stuff. I mean, not just one thing. So yeah, I think uh, I think that's why when when we have a conversation about teachers that inspired us, I don't know. I don't think either one of us said strictly or specifically, I learned a lot from that teacher. Actually, I don't think I said that about any of the teachers that I loved the most. I'm very honest when I say I really feel like I didn't learn anything educationally past the 10th grade. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, then it's okay that I dropped out is what yeah, I'm hearing you but say. What I learned was how to be a good person, how to be caring. Yeah. Um, I don't know which teacher it was specifically. I think it might have been Mrs. Slade who was a math teacher. Because I was going to say, oh, people that go want to be math teachers are the worst. <laughs> yeah. But Miss Slade, I think it was her. She would end every class with, I love you guys. And I had asked her one An time. An expression of care. Yes, yeah. I had asked her. I was like, you always say that. Like, oh, she's like, well, not everybody hears that every day. Every day. Yeah. Not every one of my students does. Hmm. And I, I hope it was her. But it sounds like something she would do. One of... Well, her son actually was in the district as well. So she had a lot of kids in the school that just were at her house all the time. She actually had one student that was close friends. Did she have a kid, you said? Yeah, that okay. was in the district. that's why. So, okay. so she was so much more than yeah. just a teacher. She yeah. sometimes was a mother to the, her students. Yeah, I think, it's, I think, yeah. I mean, there's so many hats, like you said, so many roles. Yeah, none of the teachers that... I think I had that inspired me most. I wouldn't say that I didn't learn in their class. I think I probably learned more in their class because I cared about being in their class and I felt safe being in their class and it felt good being in their class. But I don't I don't think the focus was as much on the education. The focus is the focus was on how I felt versus the teachers that were probably 
maybe really good at imparting a lot of information. I didn't learn as much because I didn't feel safe in there. I, I mean, it's a, it was really about environment, creating a, an environment for learning. I mean, that's you can't learn if you are in an environment that's not conducive to learning. So, um, anything else about back to school that jumps out to you? Just ready to be back in school to see kids engage with students. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be so fun. I'm so excited. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, I think it's gonna be great. We have great programs, great curriculums. Um, I think I'm not going to share too much about some of the Franklin work. We've talked a little bit about it um, in the, you know, like what to expect for next season. Which, by the way, is this the season opener? This is the season opener. Good grief. Welcome back to season six. I can't believe we didn't mention this in the beginning. Wow, you sure get into the, just the uh, The pattern. Yeah, the rhythm of things. So. Yeah, so welcome back to season six. That uh, should have been at the beginning. But yeah, this season, we're going to talk about a lot of these things, I think, um, which leads me back to what I was just saying is that over these next several episodes and through the season, we're going to talk a lot about the work that's going on in Franklin, some innovative educational um, policies and practices. I think this season, what I'd love to do with this and share with the listeners is tracking progress. Um reporting out on um you know what some of the program specifics are and then um i cannot wait for the end of this school year to do a closing out episode about what did we learn what did this what impact did it have on a school district so i think this is going to be the cool season and perhaps one of the best school years we've had in a long time and hopefully no changing podcast hosts let's not do any of that no we're gonna we're gonna yeah right so we're gonna stay pretty consistent this season i think so yeah it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Take care.